0: Listening to the ESP, the European Skeptics Podcast. An independent weekly show set up to bring you in news, interesting topics, and interviews with people mostly from Europe, building bridges and breaking down language barriers to show the world how active and awesome the skeptical movement is in the region. This is episode 262. I'm your host, Andras Pinter, and joining me for the show are my co-hosts, Annika Harrison and Pontus Böckmann. Sias Dok. Hello! Hey son, Hey son. how are you? Not bad, not bad. Thank you. Yourselves? New week, new podcast. No,
1: same podcast, new episode. (laughs) (laughs) However, maybe we should point out that, as people may have noticed, we have sort of shifted the release day from Thursdays to Fridays. Yeah. Uh, For now, it suited us better. So um, I don't think that makes a big difference. But if you missed your last Thursday fix of ESP... Uh, you should know that from now on, it's on Friday.
0: Yeah, which was not always the really Thursday anyway in the last couple of weeks. That's completely my fault as being the editor of the podcast I occasionally have trouble finding the time to do the editing but I so far I've managed even if with a little bit of delay (laughs) thank you very much everyone who was patient enough to wait until it was released and uh, hope it didn't mean that you enjoy it less All right, we we will let you keep your job for now oh thank you
2: (laughs) (laughs) no one else would do it anyways
0: (laughs) my very well paid job thank you very much I really appreciate it (laughs) You're saying we get what
1: we pay for? (laughs) (laughs)
0: okay yeah but at least i i I shouldn't be complaining because that i'm busy it means that i have a paying job as well so uh, Ah, that that's fantastic yes (laughs) there are a lot of people who cannot tell that about themselves these days not everyone on this podcast have a paid job i can tell you
2: (laughs) Uh, okay
0: (laughs) 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 one of the things that i find really difficult is uh do extra work outside of the podcast and and uh, uh, that is like translating and it's unbelievable that I tried finding and recruiting people to translate within the Hungarian Skeptic Society. I couldn't. <laughs> so All right. And there are lots, there's a pile of different documents to translate into Hungarian. So we are actually thinking of paying for professional translations mm. and just getting the, the job done because it's it's so important. The, the debunking handbook, the COVID-19 vaccine communication handbook, everything, that's so important. Yeah.
1: yeah. I know it's hard to get uh, volunteers to do- do all the kind of work you have yeah. to do uh, we we've also done the debunking handbook 2020 it is now mm-hmm. translated into swedish it's not published yet they, they're fixing mm-hmm. the last parts of the the, the layout mm-hmm. but uh, we had one volunteer doing a lot of work but then actually we we did hire somebody a professional to do Mm -hmm. uh, last editing and checking and making sure everything is okay i think you know if if you can afford it it it
0: is worth it yeah and i'd like to encourage everyone listening to this podcast if you know of a translation that has just come out of any of these important documents, please let us know so that we can announce it. Who knows, there may be someone who hears it from this podcast and they can go on publishing it, they can go on using it on their everyday lives as uh, volunteers or as activists. So uh, please let us know if you know anything like that.
2: Yeah, to that, I actually can add that the Communication Handbook for COVID-19 Vaccine that that's also now out in German.
0: <laughs> Ooh, oh, okay. Very good. Well done. Well done.
2: Yeah, exactly. Really
0: good. Really good. And if someone hasn't listened to our interview uh, with Philip Schmidt last week about the COVID-19 vaccine communication handbook and how vaccine hesitancy is growing and, and, and what the situation is with it, then go back and listen to it as well. <laughs>
2: Yeah, and at the beginning of March, there will actually be another book um, about facts about vaccines out. By somebody who did the co-authoring of uh, the translation. Okay. So there will be another cool book out. I will give that a, sou- a shout out once it's out.
0: <laughs> okay. Oh, it's a little teaser only. Yes. yes <laughs> so you don't want to release a name just yet. Okay. Never <laughs> mind. Good, good. And on that very positive note, I think we have uh, quite um, a nice collection of things to talk about on this episode. We try to keep you from having to listen to all the COVID-19 related stuff. So we try to keep it as low as possible this week. Out of consideration for our listeners and uh, out of the lack of time uh, preparing for it. (laughs) 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 But we do have a regular episode coming up. And the first part of that. Is usually when we find out what happened this week in the history of skepticism.
2: Yes, and this week on the 19th of February 1473, Nicolaus Copernicus was born. Yeah. Yeah, I, I pronounced that pretty German ish, <laughs> but as you can actually say, he was very European in a way. So. He spoke Latin, German, Polish, Greek, Italian, and some Hebrew.
0: Wasn't his original name Nikolai Kopernik or something like that?
2: Yeah, Kopernik.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. He
2: had a Polish and a German name. Mm -hmm. And if he would be named today, he would probably be named Koperniki. Oh, wow. Okay. In in Poland, um, because this name apparently still exists there. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, I also looked up where the name comes from, and it... Means something with copper.
1: Mm, Okay. Okay. (laughs) Makes sense. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, so yeah, but uh, of course it wasn't only, he he didn't only do anything with copper, (laughs) but he was, (laughs) he was a mathematician, an astronomer and a Catholic canon and, of course, he's mostly famous for um, formulating a heliocentric model of the universe. So he was the one who, not, he wasn't the only one, but he was more probably the most famous one who said, like, hey guys, the sun is actually at the center of the universe and not the earth. And that changed the whole vo- worldview of pretty much the Middle Ages.
1: <laughs> yeah, but it made it a little bit easier to understand how the planets were
0: moving.
2: Yeah, hmm. exactly.
0: Yeah, but uh, you know, the, he's. Ideas were not considered an a- interpretation of the actual reality by the the Catholic Church, and this is how he didn't get into that much trouble. Ooh, yeah, Smart. Yeah, they they considered it like a mathematical model that doesn't hurt anyone, and uh, it uh, took a bully. <laughs> Of, of the sort, like Galileo Galilei, right. who had his birthday a couple of days ago, who really went against the Catholic Church with uh, saying that the Copernican ideas are the reality. Come on, this is more than a mathematical model. Yeah, and, people uh,
1: don't like to hear that.
0: No. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially not in the style that Galileo did. No. Yeah. Right.
2: <laughs> yeah, and Copernicus can still be called a pioneer of the scientific revolution, and we can pretty much imagine like our life without him. Probably we would have entered the modern era a bit later. <laughs> mm-hmm. right. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. we have to say um, for his outstanding uh, theories <laughs> in science and the history of science. We are pretty happy that he was born on the nineteenth of February. <laughs>
0: right. <laughs> yeah. And imagine how happy he would be to learn what's going on in space exploration at the moment. Yes. Right. We're yes. sending
1: probes to
0: Mars like never before. This week. This week. This very week. This is amazing in terms of Mars exploration. I mean, doesn't have much to do with Europe, unfortunately, the European Space Agency. However, the European Space Agency's Mars Orbiters, they do provide support for... For the Perseverance uh-huh. landing rover. Yeah, yeah. So by the time this goes out, it will already have happened. Yes, and we'll know if it was successful or not. Haha. Yeah, I'm just really hoping that it goes goes very smoothly. Yeah, absolutely, sure. Yeah, this is the moment when you wish that there was heaven from where Copernicus can see what's going on, right? Right. Yeah. Yes. But yes. Unfortunately, being an atheist, it's uh, difficult. <laughs> <laughs>
2: But if he would be somewhere, he would be in, in the sun, I would say.
0: Probably. Right. That wouldn't be very good. <laughs> <Would it? laughs> Looking around and realizing that it's not even the center of the universe. Yeah. <laughs> so he was right-ish, but not entirely right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah,
2: yeah. But that's knowledge, you know? It's always the like the least wrong, so to say. <laughs> yes. I mean, he wasn't wrong. It was just
0: that you can refine the theories even more, and it was it was definitely progress mm. yeah however it wasn't completely new i mean there were a lot of serious people thinking that already yeah but he provided us with the uh, actual uh, theories and a lot of obs- observations as well yeah mm. exactly all right thank you very much annika thank you and from the world of science i'm wondering if we are moving on to the world of religion <laughs> With Pontus probably poking the Pope. (gasps) I added a P. Did you see what I did?
2: Pontus no. probably. Pontus probably poking <laughs> the poke.
0: Uh-huh. Well, probably not then, because
1: uh, there have been oh, okay. a few uh, scandals, something in Spain. He's preparing to go to okay. uh, Iraq. But I don't think it's worth mentioning. We we have a bigger fish to fry this week, so I think we'll skip
0: uh, Francis now.
2: Okay. Pontus perhaps not poking <laughs> the <laughs>
0: Pontus probably passes poking the Pope. <laughs> per present. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right, moving on to the news.
1: Yes, just because uh, I'm not poking the Pope today, it doesn't mean I can't have a, a big rant about something that I feel strongly about. So let me... Go on then. <laughs> indulge me for a minute while I go through this. Get it off your chest. Right. <laughs> there is a secret Facebook group in Sweden uh, of about 200 high academics and opinion formers that have been found to have planned and spread misinformation abroad about the Swedish pandemic response. So it, it seems to have started when they're critical debate articles in Sweden and and, uh, Swedish media wasn't uh, met with uh, general approval. Uh, So when they that failed, they have through this Facebook group, but then through Twitter, mail and other social media, apparently systematically targeted foreign embassies, uh, news outlets and politicians with exaggerated claims of the situation in Sweden, calling for other countries to close their borders to Sweden, Their message has reached uh, outlets like Time, Science, the magazine, and Washington Post, and has probably been key for the perception abroad of how Sweden has actually coped with the pandemic. So we've heard a lot of bad news about Sweden uh, over the year, and It has been bad, but I've been surprised to hear the strange uh, exaggerations and uh, real uh, stupid things coming from everybody abroad. And these guys are probably behind a lot of this. They have advocated for international trials against humanity towards certain Swedish individuals and politicians. They have initiated hate campaigns, resulting in at least one researcher Uh, into virus and to COVID-19, stating publicly that he will cease all his research into the virus because of the personal um, consequences for him and his family. He he had published data showing that most children, of course, not all, but most children do not get very serious symptoms of COVID-19, which we all know is true. But after he did that, he received death threats and was called a murderer. And just to be clear, I'm not certain how many of these threats came directly from this group, but their rhetoric has most likely contributed to that kind of behavior. And of course... Going back, and here we come to to Pontus ranting a little bit. There are a lot of things that you could question about the Swedish response to the pandemic. In my mind, the reluctance to recommend face masks is the strangest difference compared to the rest of the world. And also, as I've explained several times on the show, Sweden is different in the way authority is exercised. Politicians have less direct influence over health policies which normally, I think, is a good idea. I don't want politicians to meddle into very difficult topics that they probably don't master. The national healthcare system is decentralized, uh, which means less coordination and inconsistent recommendations across the country, uh, things like this. I'm sure there will be reforms coming into how this is run, Uh, And I'm not surprised that there has been criticism and criticism should be welcome and is needed for for the progress. But I have been very surprised and appalled by some of the misinformation and absolute hatred that have spread about the so-called Swedish model. Uh, And I have received emails myself for not taking a stand for what people think is is, uh, an outrage. And I'm saying, well, everything is not perfect. There's some mistakes, but people are doing the best they can. And they, it's not a conspiracy to kill the Swedish people or something like some have heard it. So to put things into perspective, Sweden has not done extremely well during the pandemic. But I think most people are surprised that Sweden uh, is pretty much uh, on the EU average when you look at uh, the number of dead per million inhabitants from from covid belgium slovenia the uk italy spain the us czechia hungary switzerland croatia and france for instance have all done worse than sweden and i'm not sure that that's the picture that people have also uh, last one thing to repeat the Number of excess deaths in Sweden correlates much better with the pandemic deaths for last year, which to me strongly suggests that Sweden may look worse, partly because the numbers are more accurate than in many other countries. Mm. So... Yeah, I will probably receive a few emails after this as well. But that's fine. <laughs> Bring them on.
0: <laughs> yeah, another serious thing to to, to mention is uh, something that uh, Ed Ernst wrote on his blog. And uh, I looked up the, the article that he was talking about. And there was a study made by uh, German researchers in Berlin and Brandenburg. And what they did, they tried to evaluate the effect of uh, practicing alternative uh, complementary and alternative medicine on how pediatricians perceived vaccine-preventable childhood illnesses. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was a very small study, but it really resonated quite well with, uh, with what... Previous similar studies revealed that the more someone is into or practicing complementary and alternative medicine, specifically here it was uh, homeopathy and anthroposophic medicine. Hmm. And uh, it was revealed uh, by results, 18 people were interviewed, 18 physicians, and they all agreed that vaccinations were important in handling classic infectious childhood diseases such as measles, mumps, rubella and the others. But somehow the difference lied in how they approach diseases that are normally uh, perceived as less serious. What am I talking about? Chickenpox, scarlet fever, Mm. and that kind of stuff that we do have vaccinations against. And the six doctors who practice conventional medicine, they regularly recommend parents to vaccinate their children against those because they are concerned mostly... About the negative or serious negative effects that going through even such a mild illness can have on a child's health, especially long term. But the more someone was into the alternative side of things, they have a softer or even more negative approach to the effect of vaccination as opposed to going through the, the, the illness itself. Right. So homeopathic doctors, they tended to agree with the sentiment that it's an important part of the child building up their immunity against all the different diseases by going through a disease like chickenpox. Mm. And uh, although it could have serious consequences in the future of a person if uh, they went through it in their childhood so that was one important part of the results and the other other one was that the anthroposophic oriented physicians it was even stronger that feeling that it's important for them to go through them it's not something that you want to avoid it's something that you have to embrace it's part of your
1: development i, I know it's, it's, it's part really of very much yeah. part
0: of their philosophy and rudolf steiner's ideas and it's they say that it's not only because uh, for the homeopath it's like it's a natural approach it's like it's something that nature has to deal with itself but for the the anthroposophic oriented physicians it's different because they claim that it's a crucial factor in the psychosocial development of the child as well not only the immune development the, the development of the immune system of the of the child but also the psychosocial growth which is basically nonsense yeah it's just made up made up nonsense Mm -hmm. (laughs) one thing that didn't get revealed in this study which is quite a shame is that they did mention at the beginning that all of these physicians who were interviewed do regularly vaccinate Mm. children that are being brought to them but they didn't specifically say if they vaccinate against things like chickenpox or it's just regular measles or mumps or rubella or the big triad, the MMR, or even the less widely considered less serious uh, so-called milder illnesses like chickenpox. Yeah. We don't know that, but this qualitative study, obviously it, it wasn't a big, big sample size, but it's a qualitative study of finding out what the differences are in their approach. So yeah, it does show that clinging to alternative medicine and weird ideas can have an effect on what you recommend to Mm. parents as a physician and that's a massive responsibility i mean you have to recommend the best potential treatment and solutions to the parents but if those ideas in your in your head are being distorted by the weirdness of complementary and alternative medicine What can you do? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay, so I, I talked about Facebook before and about secret Facebook groups and what you can do with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's go back to look what Facebook is trying to do against misinformation on their platform.
0: Fuck all. <laughs> uh,
1: well, yeah, but they're trying, or at least they're trying to give the impression that they're trying. So, <laughs> <laughs> over the last year, they introduced rules regarding misinformation about COVID and COVID vaccines. In April last year, they started adding facts from the cdc to onto posts about the coronavirus and that helped but it it still left the misinformation there it just added the real information as well in december they began to remove posts about covid19 that have when they had claims that were debunked by public health experts this included suggesting uh, that vaccines have microchips in them of course, they don't. <laughs> Claims that wearing a face mask uh, doesn't help to prevent uh, COVID-19 and uh, things about 5G and that 5G technology has anything to do with infections. If you had anything of that into your posts, Facebook was starting to take that away. They also removed and closed whole groups from Facebook if they repeatedly broke uh, the rules. Uh, that's all very well but uh, it was only about covid and covid vaccines but as of last week facebook will now remove false claims about all vaccines mm. like claims uh, Good. Or, yeah links v- between vaccines and autism which we know is nonsense and um, other things that are blatantly false Uh, so uh, this is for the MMR vaccines and everything else and that's upon time really the thing is that this is quite a big task to implement because Facebook is riddled with these claims that have grown uh, over decades soon I don't know how old facebook is it's almost 20 years old isn't it yeah Uh, anyway for a very long time these misinformation has been building up on facebook and there are thousands and thousands of posts and groups and we will see if they can manage to go back and uh, correct all of that information or if they can just manage to to handle the new claims
0: all right so from just um, handling misinformation to actually dealing with criminals who share misinformation and make money out of it and uh, not only misinformation but uh, terrible products with the claim that they have medicinal effect one of those uh, things is a miracle mineral solution or mineral miracle mineral supplement that is supposed to have an alkalizing effect however it contains bleach
1: yeah, here's a tip. Don't pay for anything that has a miracle in the name.
2: <laughs> Except for if it's a book that is called like the miracle story or whatever. The miracle <laughs> of science, maybe. Yes. Yeah. The, okay. miracles,
0: the miracles of science. Yeah, that is, that is <laughs> worth paying for. And even though the Hungarian uh, National Public Health and Medical Officer Service back in 2010 issued a statement that Miracle Mineral Solution is dangerous and it should not be dealt with and it should not be marketed, well, it didn't have that kind of effect. So in Hungary, this guy who will not be named... (laughs) Voldemort. Voldemort. (laughs) (laughs) By the way, the initials are VA. Uh, Never mind.
2: Voldemort.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes. So the Chongra district court just sentenced him to two years of imprisonment, but uh, suspended for a probation period of three years, because he was producing and marketing medicinal products, or so-called medicinal products that he claimed to have a medicinal effect. And uh, a large part of his property was confiscated, and he was ordered to pay criminal costs of more than 1 million Hungarian forints, which is about 3,500 euros. And according to the sentence, that, uh, which was published a couple of days ago, back in 2017, this guy set up a business in Romania, the company for the production of pharmaceutical product, mm-hmm. and uh, then established a web shop in Hungarian from Romania on behalf of the company. And on the website, he advertised this miracle mineral solution that is containing sodium chloride, uh, hydrochloric acid and citric acid. And he claimed that the product eradicates malaria from the body in 48 hours completely. And it can be used, uh, for permanently removing influenza, bacteria and viruses, all kinds of them. But, uh, he claimed that, uh, it was also suitable for preventing and treating various infections and diseases of different sorts. He produced lots of videos and, and all the marketing stuff that, that comes with it. And he sold an approximately 1,172,000, uh, worth of, of the solution. And this is why he he was ordered to pay that sum as criminal costs. So the problem is that it is considered a medicinal product and the Hungarian medicines agency should have issued the official permit to do that. But it wasn't. He never even applied for that permit and still marketed the product. So now it's been going on for a while as i said it started in 2017 but now it seems like with the exception of the probation period being three years i would have loved this guy to go to prison straight away but at least it got some publicity and it was revealed that uh, this guy was cheating people Mm -hmm. and uh in the first place it shouldn't, it shouldn't be called an alkalizing agent because it's not <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so, so it's a crime against science as well it's it's okay. a crime against science as well as as it is against people looking for solutions not not a mineral <laughs> m- miracle mineral solution but uh actual solutions to to their problems
2: this whole alkalizing thing is just so stupid anyways like it is, yeah. if you just Remember what um, I think a Pixie Turner says. It's like either it has no effect on your body whatsoever. Yeah. And then it's just like expensive pee, so to say, or it really alkalizes your blood, but then you're dead.
0: Right. Exactly. Yeah. Your blood pH. Don't mess with that. <laughs> yeah. Don't mess with your blood pH. And it, it has to remain within such a, a very narrow margin that it is your body itself that takes care of it. Yeah. So if it goes more than 0.10 up or down in pH, you basically need an ICU treatment. So <laughs> <laughs> you really don't want that.
2: That's actually <laughs> also something that I learned about breastfeeding, but non non now, but I think it might be interesting for our listeners too. <laughs> and that is that everything that doesn't change your blood won't make baby sick. So it's like you can eat whatever you want, Belly ache will always come from their underdeveloped uh, bowel system and not their digestive system and not from what I eat, or like for what the mums eat. Ah, yeah, good. because breast milk is basically made out of blood. <laughs> Just yeah, and that's why alcohol can get carried over, for example. Mm-hmm. Caffeine but, can get yeah, carried caffeine, over. Yeah, everything yeah, yeah. that can change your blood. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. Sugar. I remember
0: that when I
1: get, become
0: a mother.
2: <laughs> yeah, pond is very important for you. <laughs> yeah. yeah
0: right. I'm actually planning to become one. Uh can anyone help me with that?
2: Yeah, I'm sure there <laughs>
0: are help you can get.
2: There, I think but. you need a miracle solution for that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's a good one. Okay.
2: <laughs> okay.
1: But since we're having a bit of fun, uh let's uh hear about this one. There's a there's a Scottish guy called Mark Gold He has grown tired of the flat earthers. Can't blame him. (laughs) No, ridiculous as it is, uh, some people are convinced uh, that uh, the idea of the the Earth as a globe is nothing but a conspiracy, and uh, it's all done to keep the public in the dark. Why that should be something that for all scientists and all the governments in the world to do is a bit unclear. But anyway, Mark Gold has started a GoFundMe campaign to send a prominent flat earther to space so that flat earther can see the truth for himself. Because there are now tickets that you can book to go to space. Um, for instance, uh, from Virgin Galactic, uh, they currently start at $250,000. <laughs> I, I believe they claim that they have sold 600 tickets already. Okay, They're not flying yet, but they will be.
0: And uh, when they do will they go out to space yeah. really well
1: th- th- it is a t- two to three hour trip yeah uh including only a few minutes in microgravity mm-hmm. so so it will be a very i don't know technically where you count it but, but you will be able to see the curvature of the
0: earth i'm sure yeah th- that's the point that's, that's the, point, the point yeah. yeah. <laughs> So, the uh, the whole
1: idea is for this lucky person to be able to see for himself, and then he will tell, or she, will tell all of his flat-earther friends that they have been wrong. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't know if they will be able to raise the money, but as one other person uh, puts it, quote, fuck them, why should they get to go to space? (laughs) (laughs) So, (laughs) I I can agree with that sentiment. I mean, it's it's really, why would we uh, make them that... um, favor but uh, the idea
2: yeah they're getting reward for being stupid yeah
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly but I think uh, one of the ideas through this GoFundMe campaign that a lot of other flat earthers will contribute to that because they all want to know the truth. But I think that's the false premise here. <laughs> I don't yeah, think they that don't want the earthers are interested in the truth at all. Yeah, that's and, and even if they manage to get this guy, whoever it is, up to space and he sees what he's supposed to see there, I'm sure it won't change anything. Either mm. the guy who goes there will claim that he was drugged or tricked uh, into seeing something that wasn't real or his friends on earth will claim that he was paid to lie because when you're so deluded as these guys are that you actually believe that the earth is flat then there's no amount of evidence in the world to, to put you right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. I agree with that. Would you go? I would go. If you yes. Could. Yes, and mm. then I will come back and I will say no it really is flat. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> so that he can go again. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
0: did you guys know that the European Space Agency, starting in March, uh, they are recruiting potential astronauts of the future? Really? I might apply. I'm actually considering applying. Mm. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I would n- not get selected for many different reasons, but um, <laughs> would it be cool just to be able to tell that you were one of the ap- applicants? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> do you have cavities
0: (laughs) i do but i don't think it's a disqualifying
2: maybe not anymore
0: characteristic anymore or maybe
2: it was always maybe it was always fake news i just got told that told when i was a toddler and and a young child Mm, it's like you have to brush your teeth if you ever want to become an astronaut (laughs) ah I I,
0: I, i haven't heard that one not no. sure, but I would be willing to replace all my
2: <laughs> oh my teeth,
0: <geez. laughs> feelings uh, with the right ones. Because it's, it could be a thing uh, that it- you need the proper kind of feeling. Aha, uh-huh. could be, could be.
2: I look that up and tell you next week.
0: <laughs> okay, yep. okay, good. But you know what? Stay tuned. I, I will probably keep an eye out for that. And uh, I'm actually interested. Never mind. Talking about guys being a little weird (laughs) we know this German guy he's an amazing professor the first ever professor of alternative medicine I believe but the name is Professor Edzard Ernst Mm. and (laughs) it was only a couple of months ago that he published a book and now he's coming out with a new one. <laughs> he's- Is that why he's weird? Yeah, so just to to link back to the previous topic, he's totally out of this world. <laughs> this
2: He's actually a time lord, just saying. A time lord,
0: yeah, yeah. Probably. Probably. Doesn't
2: need sleep. <laughs>
0: right next to Steve Novella. <laughs> yeah and he just published this book uh, which is oniko alternative medicine <laughs> i don't know i don't know how to say it
2: alternative medicine, Yeah. was hilft oh. was schadet
0: <laughs> oh my god that sounded lovely so <laughs> the translation is his uh, it own translation alternative medicine treatments that help and treatments that harm the 20 best and the 20 most worrying methods now the only problem with this book Uh, From my perspective, at least, is that it was published in German and Edza says that unfortunately there are no plans to publish it in English, which is quite a shame based on uh, how the approach and how the book uh, is written according to his own words so he tries to to give an overall approach as to what uh, proper evidence is in uh, the science of medicine and uh, how we should approach uh, the different modalities of uh, complementary and alternative medicine and when it comes to the 20 best and the 20 most varying methods he's talking about which ones have the most reliable evidence supporting any kind of efficacy of the method and which ones are potentially dangerous but not backed up by any kind of scientific evidence when it comes to their um, uh, efficacy. So I would really love to read it, but unfortunately my German is (laughs) non-existent. I wouldn't even say rusty because it's non-existent. So uh, (laughs) yeah, as you said, Prontus, I hope this will change one day, but uh, not anytime soon, I'm afraid. So thank you very
2: much. But if any listener reads it, um, they can of course maybe send something in and we would gladly read it out. Or they can record us an audio your message and we can put it in
0: actually if you go on editor's blog uh you will find that uh he translated the postscript himself so you can you can find a little bit of information a little bit of the sentiment of how he approached this book so because he's always very thorough in explaining stuff and backing his statements up with evidence i would be really happy to get my hands on it but uh That would be all the extent of my progress with the book, getting my hands on it. So (laughs) this is why I won't do it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. That was good news anyway. New book out. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Congratulations. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Sorry
1: for bringing down the mood because this next item is is not very good. It almost made the really wrong segment today. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, I have something even worse for that. So I'll bring it up as a news item. We've all heard about the anti-abortion rules that have been implemented by the ruling party over there in Poland, the Law and Justice Party, Oh yeah, very appropriately abbreviated PISS, uh, which makes me smile a little bit because <laughs> you have to do that. <laughs> the PISS party. <laughs> the dark uh, news. So this started many years ago. Uh, for instance, the leader of the party, Jaroslav Kaczynski, he promised already in 2016 to quote to strive so that even in cases where there is a difficult pregnancy, when the child will inevitably die, when it is severely deformed, it will end in birth so that the child can be christened, buried, and given a name, end quote. How horrible is that? Yes. yes. How horrible is that? So fast forward to 2021, as of 27th of January, the Polish government have ...imposed a near total ban on all abortions... ...including termination of pregnancies with fetal defects. And of course, this rightly triggered massive protests all over the country. Uh, And as a response to that, the government said they would try to find ways... ...to support women who must now give birth to fetuses diagnosed with defects. And this is what they had in mind, apparently... The spokesperson for the Justice Department was asked what kind of support they had in mind. And she said, and I quote, she, meaning the mother, will have, for example, a separate room, the chance to have a cry, end quote. Thanks. All right. So they'll give you a room to cry in. That is the support they will give you. Yeah. She also mentioned that the mother should be offered special care, whatever that is, including psychological treatment and quote advice on what to do next end quote (laughs) fucking idiots.
2: i mean like how about providing that in any case but not creating more suffering in Uh, uh, in the way that you don't force people to give birth to (laughs) that was actually the
1: the reaction of one person who protested how about making sure that the mothers don't cry in the first place Instead of giving yeah. them a place to do it.
2: I mean, I mean, like, in, if, if you shit. have a birth defect, then...
1: Mm. So, um, the, the piss party. There you go.
2: Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, like, there are accidents that can happen. Like, the birth defects can happen. And of course. there will be tears then, in any case. But mm-hmm. how about not, not increasing that suffering?
0: Yeah. Yeah. For a lifetime.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It,
0: it's terrible. Tra- terrible. Traumatize further. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And
2: then give them a room to cry. Thank you. That's real help. Yeah, isn't it? I mean, it's like <sighs> yeah, amazing. Mm.
0: All right, things with the religious backgrounds can be not uh, not always tragical, but occasionally a little bit comical as well. But when it comes to scientific analysis of different claims and different stories, that becomes absolutely intriguing. And this happened with the collaboration of several different institutions, uh, including the University of Southern Denmark, uh, University of Groningen in Holland, the University of Pisa in Italy, uh, Cranfield Forensic Institute in England, the Pontifical Institute of Christian Archaeology in Italy, and the National Museum of Denmark. So, quite a collaboration. Into what? Into the scientific investigation of believed remains of two apostles so the apostles were not that many so we are talking about two apostles that are believed to have been held in uh, a roman church the the church of the santi apostoli that means the sand apostles in rome and they have been cared for by the franciscan brothers for 500 years which is quite a thing but for more than 1500 years they've been considered to be there at the site of the the present-day church so St Philip and St James the Younger are the ones that we are talking about so obviously one would think that there is an absolutely easy and obvious way to find out if the claim can hold any water and uh, there are three pieces of bones a foot a femur and a tibia of the two Apostles are claimed to be Apostles and uh, th- those are only fragments anyway. But the analysis could be done on one of them, because the other one was a little bit too damaged to be able to... Was it was it holy? <laughs> oh, oh, we don't... <laughs> holy! Yeah. Lots of holes in it. <laughs> so the tibia and the foot are attributed to St. Philip, the femur uh, to, to St. James. So, finally... And the leading leading scientist doing the research was a professor of chemistry and archaeometry, Karel Lund Rasmussen from the University of Southern Denmark. And uh, they did a radiocarbon dating, finally. That is a good start, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And if it had been the apostles, the remains of the apostles, what would be the radiocarbon date determined by the, the investigations? So that would be like in the middle of the First century AD, right? Yeah, Tuesday. Yeah. A Tuesday, I think it was a Tuesday. A Tuesday, <laughs> a Tuesday. <laughs> well, it doesn't work like that with radiocarbon dating, unfortunately. Ah, but um,
2: <laughs> it only goes on Wednesdays.
0: <laughs> uh, so the only one that could be anal- analyzed was the femur believed to belong to St. James uh, the Younger. And uh, it was radiocarbon dated to between 214 and 340 AD they lived for a long time those apostles
2: it's because they're immortal Oh, so it's actually proof well, for them.
1: <laughs> well, they're not quite immortal if they died, but okay. they're
2: almost immortal.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. Okay, but it was it was the younger. It was James the younger. It doesn't say how much younger he was. Yeah, he wasn't
0: even born yet <laughs> yeah. when he was an apostle. Yeah, yeah so. This is quite a blow to the, the belief that it was the Apostles. Uh, now I'm really looking forward to what the, the hardcore religious people will say about that. Because in Rome, all the church e- establishments that hold relics are sacred places. So the, the local residents consider them the holiest in in the country and in the world and there are several of them because rome is full of those relics and especially because from between the third and the fourth century a.d when constantine the great was in power and his mother was a devout christian and she even made sure that things like the holy steps were brought to rome and parts of the holy cross were brought to rome so she was probably among the first who really cultivated this this approach of collecting relics Mm. and since then it has been a big thing so this is quite a blow But I'm pretty sure that the reaction would be offhand dismissal of the results the scientific results because it's not yeah. it's not accurate it says that between 214 and 340 come on that's that's more than a hundred years <laughs> interval That's that cannot be trusted I mean it's still and,
2: pretty and amazingly like old so like for the history yeah. aspect of it it's still pretty cool yeah and this
0: is what the, the, the authors of the article uh, that came out of this uh, investigation argue that it's still a very intriguing find because it dates back to the time when christianity was not the state religion however the report it's on science daily does claim that uh, emperor constantine on his deathbed declared christianity the state religion which is not true it was only done i think about 70 years later towards the end of that century but still he did Baptize. i think it, it was on his deathbed but anyway mm. he was a great supporter of christianity out of political reasons but still those remains are then from a time when christianity was still not the state religion and it meant that it was from early christians in rome which is quite significant and that reminds me of something else by the way that um now that um ministry of human resources which handles the pandemic as well mm. just saying <laughs> they they found themselves a very important task to deal with and the minister is uh, miklos kaszler is now dealing with um, a new project which is finding the remains of a king of Hungary that uh, has been dead for more than five hundred uh, years. Good luck. <laughs> yes,
1: they have misplaced him for five hundred years, and now they're going to
0: find him. No, here. the thing is that you were here. Oh, did you, you saw the place in yes. in my hometown? I did, where yeah. the fifteen of the Hungarian kings are supposed to have been buried, yeah. and the remains are still here under an ossuary, yeah. but they are completely unsorted. So there are fifteen remains. And nobody knows who is whom. Uh. <laughs> <laughs>
2: and if they're all related to each other, great. <laughs> I-
0: yeah, in a way. Yeah, that makes it even harder then, because you can't do it with DNA. But this is sampling. this is what they di- they try to do now. Uh, they know a burial place for the sun of uh, the king matthias that we are talking about and uh, they just analyze the haplotype which uh, can help them find the paternal ancestry so they try to find the corvinus lineage mm-hmm. and it's quite an intriguing undertaking um, investigation the only problem is that it is being done by the institute of hungarian studies which has been established by the, the Orban government, and it serves mostly propaganda purposes. Oh, yeah. So I have my doubts about the scientific accuracy uh, and the scientific approach that will be applied there. <laughs> but uh, I, on the other hand, I'm really intrigued to see what they can come up with. So this is amazing stuff. Investigating the remains and uh, the, the questions surrounding people of historical and religious importance, I think it's intriguing and uh, applying science and and hard science on that is a very good idea so uh really looking forward to the outcomes and a good job on finding the non-apostles uh, in rome <laughs> <laughs> all right but that has been all the news that we wanted to cover this week uh which means that we are moving on to finding out who's been really wrong lately apart from those claiming that it was the apostles there in rome <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, so I'm very sorry to bring down the mood again, uh, to end today's episode with such bad news, but, uh, I think we need to, to talk about this tragical story. We can't ignore it. The Orthodox Church in Romania were in the news last year. And I think you talked about that, Andras, with, uh, there was a video filmed during the pandemic of a communion with a priest using the same spoon for everyone, basically handing out the wine one the taking the spoon from from one mouth to another one mouth to another and they claim that it couldn't oh yeah hurt
0: yeah i think it was a serbian oh, serbian was that Serbia? Too, okay too. i think and and in greece Yeah, i yeah, think yeah. they've
1: had a similar thing in romania anyway now we have uh news from romania and it, i'm sorry a little bit of a trigger warning this is rather awful a six week old baby died after being baptized And technically, he died from cardiac arrest after being submerged three times into holy water. The autopsy revealed uh, he had died a violent death and that he had liquid in his lungs. They basically drowned the kid uh, in the baptism. (sighs) And now, of course, after this, there's a petition for changing how baptisms should work uh, and how they should be conducted in the country. But can you guess how one person representing the church replied to the demands the archbishop of thomas he's apparently an especially religiously challenged idiot he said quote we will never change the ritual the canon of this religion has been in place for over a thousand years that is why we won't change we are not intimidated end quote or sane, as you say, we are not sane. I should add. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> My God! Just because you've done something stupid for a thousand years, you say it's okay to continue to do it?
2: I'm also pretty sure that babies weren't like a thousand years ago. That it wasn't babies that they would baptize.
1: That has been the discussion because you, you, there's a difference of 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 baptizing babies and, and grown people, and there's also different ways of doing it, even in. In Romania, so there, sh- there are alternatives, but this guy he will not back down. Uh, so others are of the church are open for reforms, uh, so I hope it comes around. But as for now, the Orthodox Church of Romania that believes that their imaginary fairy tales are more important than keeping people alive, they get today's prize for being really wrong.
0: You know what? Baptism should not be done at all until someone is an adult and can decide for themselves right yeah right right and then this kind of accident cannot happen ah uh, it's crazy
2: exactly like it's on the one hand it's like you should be able to decide for it yourself yeah and on the other hand why is it drowning crazy. like yeah, if we do we want to do some water, then like just like take a bottle of water and empty it over their head.
1: Yeah, or even just a few drops. Some baptisms are oh, that kind. Yeah, that you, like you do sprinkle a little yeah. bit of. Oh, yeah, you don't even have to have yeah. water. You just have a naming service sermon and saying, "Okay, now we call you George, and that's fine."
2: Or like the the water gun that I saw a uh, uh, U.S. American priest use. <laughs>
1: oh, that was hilarious <laughs> yeah, That's good. Yeah, that's yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. even fun. That, yeah. that that's fun actually yeah. Yeah. But they like their guns in the US.
0: Yeah, but how do you how do you deal with that? I mean, you kill a child that was baptized and how do you argue for the case that this is uh god's will this was his doing god works in mysterious ways god loved him so much that uh took the child Uh, to be with him or what the fuck
1: uh, how can you defend that and said i'll do it again next sunday yeah
2: yeah uh,
0: yeah fucking hell Uh, sorry for bringing down the mood all right well
2: okay Mm. but i think this is a very well deserved really long award yeah
0: it is indeed okay but we do have to finish the show on something else this time it will be a very interesting line of thought from Galileo Galilei who was born on the 15th of February so in the long run My observations have convinced me that some men, reasoning preposterously, first establish some conclusion in their minds which, either because of its being their own or because of their having received it from some person who has their entire confidence, impresses them so deeply that one finds it impossible ever to get it out of their heads. Such arguments in support of their fixed idea, as they hit upon themselves or here set forth by others, no matter how simple and stupid these may be, gain their instant acceptance and applause. On the other hand, whatever is brought forward against it, however ingenious and conclusive, they receive with disdain or with hot rage, if indeed it does not make them ill. Hard to change people's minds.
2: Yeah. yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. It was impossible even uh, 400 years ago. Right. Yeah, a- apparently, but this so, is something
2: you should still see. So very, very nice. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, very nicely put and on that note I'd like to thank both of you Annika and Pontus for joining me today thank you thank you and agreeing with me mostly <laughs> 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 we're not contradicting each other that's very nice I mean you pay uh, us we are... too well <laughs> exactly <point. laughs> and thanks to our listeners as well for tuning in and being the choir to be able to preach to <laughs> <laughs> and uh, please keep doing so tune in next week as well and until then goodbye Hello. Cheers. tschüss Vies lat If you have a local event or organisation to promote, please don't hesitate to let us know, as we are more than happy to help. All music in the programme was written and performed by Keisha J. Gray and George Shrub and is used with their permission. Please check out our webpage at theesp.eu, follow us on Twitter at espodcast underscore eu and like us on Facebook. I don't know how you
2: can be believe <laughs> he always does this <laughs> to us
0: <laughs> okay I think I'm ready
2: was
1: that it? was that okay, it? We do
0: no, no 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 I could
1: choose an animal so you, ch- you, you you did an impression of your mother what, what was <laughs> <laughs> alright if you're happy we're happy let's go what are you talking about? I think I did it I, I didn't hear anything
0: but <laughs> whose problem is that?
1: yours actually <laughs> because <laughs> yours be gone, yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right. Investigating historical figures and investigating people of religious or historical impotence. Im- sorry, importance. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> if you th- if you ask me, all the religious people are very impotent in 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 uh, yeah. <laughs> all achieving right?
0: anything good. Okay. <laughs> okay, so. On that note, we are thanking God.
2: God. <laughs> <laughs> we give thanks. The big one. <laughs>
0: thanking God for fixing the cataracts oh, of
2: yeah